The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. <laughs> Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, September 29th edition of the show. I am your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at GaryWC. Hopefully, everybody is having a wonderful Thursday afternoon or Friday morning if you are listening to the podcast. We've got a lot to get into, uh, and I am not going to take a whole lot of your time. I will go ahead and start the show by telling you that we are powered by BetUS. That's right. It's America's premier online sportsbook. You can check them out over at BetUS.com. They are, in fact, where the game begins and I host the BetUS College Football Show over on BetUS TV. Yeah, you can follow the links in the description to go and check out that show. Uh, we give out our best bets. We break down a ton of games every single week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time over there. So go ahead and make sure that you are subscribed on that channel. And while you're at it, make sure that you are subscribed right here on Winning Cures Everything, of course, to the podcast or to the YouTube show. Easy to do. All right, we got uh, a few things that we want to discuss. Let's go ahead and make sure that we dive into it. First thing, join the picks contest. Easy to do. Go to winningcureseverything.com, click on the contest page, and you can enter this week's picks contest. You win a $25 Amazon gift card. Uh, if you are signed up over at BetUS, you can get a $50 free play, or I think there's some kind of deposit bonus, or what I think it's like a 200% deposit bonus, etc. There's things that we can get for you if you win the contest each week. So every week's winner is going to get at least a $25 Amazon gift card. And if you are signed up at BetUS, there's a whole lot of other stuff that we can provide as well. So one, make sure that you sign up at BetUS. And two, uh, make sure that you sign up for the picture contest. Easy to do. Topic number one on the show today. We're getting back into expansion talk. That's right. Dennis died over at CBS Sports. Went ahead and put up a piece that says the Pac-12 in danger of eventual collapse as Big Ten considers future expansion and Big 12 interest looms. Now, here is what we have figured out thus far. We know after the USC and UCLA announcement that they were leaving for the Big 12, excuse me, the Big Ten, uh, that they are uh, the Big Ten is looking at possibly expanding beyond just bringing in those two schools from the Pac-12. They have met with Oregon. They have met with Washington. We don't know much else about it besides that. The Big Ten media rights deal is already done. It was for a rec- over a billion dollars a year. Just absurd money. Just crazy, crazy money. It, you start going through this article... And there's some very interesting little nuggets here and there if you're really paying attention. 
Uh, we'll start off with this. It says, the Big Ten's continued pursuit of four Pac-12 schools is leading to concern that another round of expansion could collapse the Pac-12, industry sources tell CBS Sports. Now, why are they talking about this right now? Greg Flugauer, or Flug... Man, I hope I say that right. Uh, I will share out some of his stuff on Twitter. He has been saying since before the season started that the window would be sometime in the middle of October, but that the Big Ten is still looking at expanding. The reason that the Big 12 is brought into this is, no, Pac-12 schools are not going to leave for the Big 12 unless the Pac-12 is just about to collapse, right? That's, That's what we're looking at here. So this says, uh, this as Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren continues to seek an offer from Amazon or potentially another partner for additional Big Ten football media rights revenue. And I'm sure you're asking, why are you continuing down this path? You already have this massive deal. It's a record-setting TV deal for any conference. You've already got enough money. Why are you continuing on with this? It says an offer deemed substantial enough would likely convince Big Ten presidents that California, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington would be valuable additions to the league from the Pac-12. That figure is to believed, or is believed to be less than $100 million annually. So what we're looking at is, yeah, you bring in USC and UCLA as full members. They get full media rights money right off the bat. You're looking at expanding this thing up to 20 teams. 20 teams in a conference. It says, if the Big Ten makes such a move, it would almost certainly increase the likelihood of the Big 12 being able to get some combination of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah from the Pac-12, thus crushing the Pac-12 and hanging Oregon State and Washington State out to dry. Those two will join the Mountain West if this were to happen. Now, there's so many other things here, uh, but what, what we're figuring out is Kevin Warren has figured out, hey, there's no reason for us to stop right now. I understand that, you know, as a whole, our league is not going to make as much, but these new teams that would come in would be willing to take less money, especially up front for a number of years. Remember, we talked about this before, Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers all came in making less than what the rest of the Big Ten was making off of their media rights for a long period of time. It took a long time for them to get up to being a full member. Uh, It says, without a clear mandate, Big Ten presidents and ADs continue to evaluate whether expansion is financially viable and potential candidates are a, quote, cultural fit. Now, this this is the crazy part about this. Um, Amazon bid on the Big Ten's uh, media rights. They, they put a bid in to have a play on this. And they did not win them because the Big Ten wanted to make sure that they had all of their linear rights handled. But Kevin Warren understands that, hey, we can get in on this streaming thing if the Pac-12 is wanting to get in with Amazon, etc. Well, that means that Amazon would be interested in some of those Pac-12 teams that we're talking about bringing in over here. Why don't we just go ahead and get that deal started? Why don't we be the ones to move to the forefront of the streaming movement and we'll give them, you know, the back half of what we've got. And and you see in here, it talks about uh, some of the games that might be considered for, uh, for the Amazon window. And what you're talking about is basically Oregon against Indiana, uh, Rutgers against California, stuff like that, stuff that would be streaming exclusive on Amazon. This is really, really strange that this is coming out. Um, Here we go. Cal versus Rutgers, uh, Northwestern versus Stanford, Oregon versus Indiana, etc. The crazy part about this is that uh, Fox and ESPN don't really want them to expand. It doesn't make any kind of sense really financially, at least not right now, and not for really the foreseeable future. Because... You have reached, and this is the term that I've used multiple times on the show, you've reached the point of diminishing returns. Oregon, Stanford, Washington, and Cal are not going to bring in enough money to justify bringing them in to where everybody is going to get actually paid more. There's no point in it. The only point that I could see from Kevin Warren's viewpoint uh, is the idea that, hey, we want to be in front of this streaming situation. 
we want to go ahead and take out a competitor because some of those market dollars that could be going to the Pac-12, well, we could just take four more Pac-12 schools. We can own an extra window. We could have a Friday night game. You're, you're going to increase the number of games up to like 112 that you can actually distribute. And in doing so, you own a market share of college football. But is that good for the sport? Right, Greg Sankey has said multiple times, he's the SEC commissioner, he's talked about staying firm at 16. Part of the reason why CFP expansion was pushed was to settle down this expansion talk, this realignment talk. And yet here we are again, doing the same thing over and over. Um, The Pac-12 and the Big 12, there was discussion of them maybe merging. That was not going to happen. Uh... George Klyovkov did come out and say that no Pac-12 team uh, is joining the Big 12, or no Pac-12 school is going to join the Big 12. He said it in July. But the truth of the matter is, if some of them do leave for the Big 10 sooner rather than later, yeah, the other ones are going to leave for the Big 12 because they're looking for stability. At that point, you lose four more schools from the Pac-12, which is currently the Pac-10, because they haven't exactly done a lot as far as expansion everybody including myself thought that they would go and get at least San Diego State they haven't done that they they are still trying to figure out all of these numbers they are they started their talks early as far as their media rights negotiations etc I think that I'm convinced that this is going to happen and the Big Ten is going to take four more Pac-12 schools and they are going to try and make this streaming situation work I'm a little bit a little bit concerned because you know that if the Big Ten does this, the SEC is going to have to go and expand. Or at least I believe that they will. They may not think so. But this is strange. This is very strange. Um, We'll see because it it appears that there's a, a soft deadline of October 20th, I believe is what the article said. And if that is the case, I mean, we're, we're coming up on that. We've only got a few weeks. So, here's so a different industry critic stressed there's no strategic reason for the Big Ten to expand further. That's exactly what I just said. In fact, that person thought expansion might involve lawsuits from slighted programs and possible scrutiny from the federal government. If the Big Ten and or Big 12 make a move for Pac-12 programs, the potential collapse of the Pac-12 could come amid FBS commissioners expanding the CFP, the college football playoff. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is among those who have advocated for CFP expansion to make the sport more of a national game. It says uh, the Pac-12 has participated in the CFP only twice in eight years. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little shocked that this is, in fact, happening. There is no stability right now. There is no calming of the waters when it comes to expansion and realignment. I hope everybody's ready. Because the next few weeks could be very, very telling as to what to expect from the sport as far as a national level is concerned going forward. Yikes, yikes, yikes. CFP expansion. Why don't we go on and talk about that a little bit? Um, Ross Dellinger hit on this uh, a couple of days ago and basically is giving us a little bit of insight into the meetings that were taking place in Chicago. Ross Dellinger, of course, over at Sports Illustrated, uh, we know that the college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams. We know that. There's going to be six automatic qualifiers. That is the six, uh, six highest-rated conference champions, highest-ranked conference champions. And there will be six wild-card teams, right? The at-larges, if you will, those that did not win a conference. Uh, so you're going to have 12 teams. And... Now we're just trying to figure out whether or not it's going to happen in 2026 or 2024. The biggest thing that we know is it's going to be difficult to get it done before 2024. ESPN owns the rights to the whole thing in 2024 and 2025, but it goes to market on 2020 or in 2026. So at that point, you we don't know if 2024 and 2025 is going to include multiple networks. Uh, ESPN, Jimmy Pitaro, the president of ESPN, has said yes, uh, that they are willing to work with others because they may not be able to broadcast all of them. What they may end up doing is selling some of those rights off to other broadcast partners. 
Uh, as we've learned from Bob Thompson and, and other people, there isn't really a feud going on between Fox and ESPN and everybody else. Uh, what we're figuring out is they are willing to work together, especially for the greater good of something that's going to to grow exponentially, right? It feels like college football. This year especially, the ratings have just gone through the roof. Uh, but when you start to look at what's actually happening here, you know, we, we had a couple of years where all these commissioners seemed to not like each other. They weren't willing to work with each other. The Big Ten convinced the ACC and the Pac-12 to vote against CFP expansion. Well, then the presidents came in and said, no, we are going to do expansion, period. Y'all get in there and figure it out. And they want it done by 2024. That's the bottom line. They want it done by 2024 because they want to go ahead and get this thing started to calm the waters, as I was saying about realignment, et cetera, to smooth everything out, to, to get us to a state somewhat of stability, get everything to even out a little bit. And while this is still going on, yeah, we just talked about the Big Ten still looking at expansion, et cetera, and the next few weeks are going to be huge regarding that. Um, but the CFP presidents adopted the 12-team expansion model about a month ago. Uh, basically, let's let's dive into what we know thus far. These are all things that you can read in Ross Dellinger's article over at SI.com. It says the 2026 playoff might look different. And what he means by that is 2026 is going to look different than the 2024 and 2025 playoff models, not as far as the number of teams or the AQs or anything like that. The, though all of that is still going to stay the same. We're talking about the schedule, the calendar, etc., because they are looking into possibly moving where you had some teams play on week zero. Now you may move the entire calendar back a week so that you can get in more of these playoff games at a decent time right, in 2024, 2025, whatever. Uh, some of these calendars have already been done, et cetera. They, they may just rip all this crap up. Who knows? Uh, but what we know right now, uh, prepare for midweek playoff games. It says, prepare for first-round playoff games to kick off on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or maybe all three. Uh, it says, this is expected, as reported by Sports Illustrated, and what you, he said, you'd like to have a game in its own window. As you know, there are just three windows. There's 12 p.m., 4, and 8. Yes. Uh, and then there's also the Friday window, which the Pac-12 takes advantage of for its own championship game uh, every single season. It, this is, this is going to be weird because some of this stuff is going to go up against NFL playoff games and NFL regular season games. So you're going to have to go to bat against the NFL. College football got out of that business a little while ago. Remember uh, when the NFL set Thursday night as like a big night for themselves? College football just kind of took some of those premier games that we would watch on Thursday nights on ESPN. They kind of took some of those off the table. Uh, for example, this week, yeah, and I know this is coming out on Thursday night, but you, you'll still get the point. This week, you've got the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals playing on Thursday night football on Amazon. ESPN has going against it Utah State and BYU. Now, don't get me wrong. I, as a diehard and a fan of the sicko football games, I'm going to watch Utah State and BYU. But there's a lot of people that do not give a rip about either one of those schools that are out on the West Coast. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that that they're not willing to counter-program, right? We Everybody understands that the NFL is the big bad beast. But if you put up at least something against it, then you can still get good ratings. There are people that will turn on both if they have two televisions. There's a lot more people that have two televisions than you think. Uh, ESPN holds the rights in 2024 and 2025 for the CFP. And like I said, they don't have to sell it. They don't have to give it away. They can do whatever they want with it. it just it, It's up to them. Uh, it says home games are happening. So the first round games will be on-campus stadiums. Uh, the commissioner's discussions are not changing that whatsoever. It's not going to be moving to bowl games. Those teams will get to host home games, and that's a big, big deal. Now, uh, here's what we don't know as far as Ross's article when the first expanded playoff begins. We don't know if it's 2024, 20, 25, or 26. They want it by 24. 26, it is happening, bottom line. Uh, but there's a possibility if they can't get it done by 2024, uh, well, they'll do it in 25, and they'll just have one year where it's a little weird, 
uh, but it will start the wheels in motion. Uh, after that, the exact dates of playoff rounds, still have no clue. Don't know how we're going to work around Christmas. Don't know how we're going to work around New Year's, etc. Are we going to do quarterfinals on New Year's? Are we going to do semis on New Year's? Are we? What are we going to do? We still got to figure that out. Uh, if this was an eight-team model, it would make a lot more sense because you could do that first round December 16th and 17th or whatever the, the date is that's right after the Army-Navy weekend. But as it sits right now, you're going to have to probably go up against Army and Navy if Army-Navy are going to stay in that same solo window after championship week, which is just weird. The calendar is going to be moved, bottom line. Um, we also don't know the revenue distribution model. Uh, and part of that is because we don't know what conferences are going to be around, right? I think that's the biggest thing. George Klyovkov just got into his role as the commissioner of the Pac-12. If the Big Ten goes ahead and takes four more teams, yeah, there's not going to be a Pac-12. So there would be no reason for the Pac-12 member institutions to get any cut of the playoff because they won't be around. So then what does the revenue model look like if there's only nine conferences as opposed to 10? And then what do the independents get? And then what do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that is going to be something that they've got to figure out. It, this is a, it's a strange time to be involved in college football. I mean, good gracious. All this crap is going on, and we've got games to talk about. Games to talk about. I mean, just ridiculous. Ridiculous that this is happening in the middle of the season. And unless they're just wanting it to go away and, and nobody to talk about it, which I can understand. However, that's not what I do. I got to know what's going on in this sport. I'm going to guess that you guys do as well because, hey, you watch the, vo- uh, the videos, you listen to the podcast. Um, I know that you are as interested as I am. So, last thing that I do want to hit on right quick. Air Force. You know things are getting real when the Air Force Academy is getting hit with penalties for NCAA recruiting violations. Now, these are obviously not massive ones. It says Air Force and four individuals reached an agreement with NCAA enforcement staff on recruiting violations that happened within the Academy's football program during the COVID-19 dead period. Now, obviously, these were not as big as what Arizona State is going through because that Arizona State situation is uh, significantly bigger. They are still doing investigation into that. But this is weird. This is weird. Um, You're looking at probation. You're looking at a fine. You're looking at, you know, a couple other things. Uh, Only one of the people involved is actually disputing this with the NCAA. We'll see what happens. Uh, But as it sits, the NCAA is allowing the Air Force Academy to... Uh, start their penalties right now while the other member is uh, disputing it. So they're going to go ahead and start this punishment. And it, it has to do with on-campus visits, etc. cetera. Uh, but you know it's real when Air Force is dealing with <laughs> recruiting violations. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that cannot get into Air Force. How are you having recruiting violations? I don't know that you would ever see this at Army or Navy. Uh, but man, I mean, what, what a world we're living in. What an absolute world we are living in. All right, uh, we are going to hit the game day week six prediction along with the week five preview right after this. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College football channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now, back to the show. All right, where is college game day going for week number six? We go through these predictions every single week. Uh, We have not hit on one yet. Uh, I thought last week that Arkansas was going to win, and therefore game day would be in Fayetteville because they didn't want to be getting soaked over in Clemson, South Carolina. But alas, Arkansas lost. Didn't really have much of an option. You've got NC State going to Clemson. Let's look at next week's games. Uh, we have got a huge slate. You got Red River. You got uh, Florida State at NC State. You got Texas A&M and Alabama. I think there's only four spots that you could go. If you want to go to Tuscaloosa, if, if A&M finds a way to beat Mississippi State, which is not out of the question, obviously, then yeah, then you can go to Tuscaloosa. Might be your only chance. You got a, a huge storyline with Jimbo Fisher going back to Tuscaloosa after all the mess that happened back in May of this season, right? This season, uh, this uh, this year. I mean, that could be an easy sell, right? You haven't been to Alabama yet this year. You did follow them to Austin, Texas, but you haven't been to Tuscaloosa. And I don't know that there's anybody left on the schedule, at least for home games, that you would make it back to Tuscaloosa. So that might be your spot. However, do you go there if Texas A&M is coming off of a loss to Mississippi State. And I don't know that you can. So if that were to happen, do you go over to Red River, where Texas already has two losses, Oklahoma has a loss, and both of them are playing teams that they could easily lose to this weekend? I mean, do you do you possibly do that? Uh, you got me. Uh, which, by the way, Alabama... Uh, yeah, uh, if, you, if you're going to go to Alabama... A&M is the spot uh, because they play on the road at Tennessee. They play at LSU. They play at Ole Miss. The only home games left are uh, Mississippi State, Austin P, and Auburn. That's it. So, And I don't think you're going to Tuscaloosa for any of those. So if you just have to go to Tuscaloosa, yeah, next week would probably be the week. If you go to Red River, you've got one team that is out of the top 25 and another that just got beat at home by Kansas State. So, uh, but Red River's always a good time, regardless. Florida State at NC State could be very interesting next week, but do you go to an NC State game twice? And I think if you're going to do that, you need Florida State to beat Wake Forest, and you need NC State to beat Clemson. Are both of those things going to happen? More likely not than so. Uh, So maybe, at this point, if you get Kansas to beat Iowa State, regardless of what happens with TCU and Oklahoma. Uh, TCU is heading to Lawrence next week. Possibly. Possibly. You finally get Kansas college game day. And I think it would be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, Because I think the crowd would be amped up. The point of these shows is to give you entertainment value as a fan sitting at home. You don't really care where the location is, honestly. You just want fans that are hyped up. 
And every time you go to Columbus, every time you go to Tuscaloosa, every time you go to Athens or whatever, yeah, there's some students that are really amped up and whatnot, but it is not like a huge community thing. You go to Lawrence, Kansas for the first time, and it's going to be off the walls. So Kansas is a, they're an underdog at home this weekend. I think they can beat Iowa State, but that is where I think, I think we're going. I think they're probably going to do Tuscaloosa. Uh, but, of course, we got to get Alabama to uh, to beat Arkansas this weekend and get A&M to beat Mississippi State. Otherwise, it's just all a free-for-all. All a free-for-all. All right, moving along, let's jump into the previews. You guys know that we ask multiple questions each and every week. The first question will be this one. Uh, what are the highest-rated games for this weekend? You guys know that I love to give out predictions on what the highest-rated TV games will be for the weekend. This is what I'm looking at. Number one, I think, will be Alabama at Arkansas. I think that thing could be a little bit tricky anytime Alabama almost gets beat or is in a ball game tight in the fourth quarter. Uh, the ratings go through the roof. This one's on CBS in the 3.30 p.m. Eastern time slot. Alabama-Arkansas, I think, will be one. NC State at Clemson, two, especially if the weather gets a little wacky. Uh, that one could be tricky. I think that's going to be number two on ABC in the primetime window. Michigan at Iowa is the Fox noon game. I don't necessarily believe that this one's going to be close, but Michigan has shown now that they have made it to a playoff, their numbers are through the roof no matter who they're playing. So with this being the Fox big noon kickoff game, uh, yeah, I think Michigan at Iowa is a big time slot here. Oklahoma at TCU, that one's on ABC. That's another one that's number four for me. Uh, the 11 a.m. Kentucky at Ole Miss game. That's a top 15 matchup. Lane Kiffin against Mark Stoops, etc. I think that one is going to be number five. And then number six for me is Oklahoma State at Baylor. I think that those are going to be your top six highest rated games for this weekend. Uh, the most exciting games. Let's, uh, let's take a look at that one. I've got Kentucky at Ole Miss. I think that one's going to be really, really exciting because I don't anticipate Kentucky scoring a ton of points, but also don't expect Ole Miss to score a lot. I think this one's going to be tight all the way down the line. Uh, I have no idea who's going to win this game. I know Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite, but you're telling me that Ole Miss is going to be able to run on them? Like, I just, I, I don't necessarily buy it. Uh, Oklahoma State at Baylor. I mean, that's a two-point spread. I got no idea what's going to happen in that game. I got no clue. <laughs> Absolutely no clue. Uh, number three for the most exciting game or the game with the closest score, Washington at UCLA. I think you're going to see some big plays, some explosive plays, I think you're going to see a lot of points. Uh, I do think Washington wins that game. But, man, I, I do expect there to be some fireworks in L.A. Uh, I think the Rose Bowl is going to be a lot of fun that night. Uh, no, I don't expect a lot of fans. But who does at this point? NC State at Clemson, I think, could be really, really close, especially if you've got weather out there. Um, that one, that could be tricky. Very tricky. We could see uh, a game that's played in the teens. Uh, so I could certainly see where every single play in that ball game matters. And uh, finally, most exciting game, Iowa State at Kansas. I just I think there's going to be points galore. I think Jalen Daniels is going to do his thing. He is shockingly good. I mean, just unbelievably good. So yeah, Iowa State at Kansas as one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Which teams have the most to gain and the most to lose this weekend? I've only got three that I've written down here. Uh, NC State and Clemson. Uh, whoever wins this basically has a game-and-a-half lead heading into the ACC championship game. I know that it is the beginning of October when this game is being played. It's October 1st. But those two are the uh, front runners as far as the ACC title is concerned. Uh, yeah, I, whoever wins this is going to have a game-and-a-half lead in that division as they are both in the same division. And whoever loses is going to need the other one to lose twice. And I don't know that that's going to happen. So, yeah. I mean, give me that one. That's a, a massive stakes game. Kansas. The idea that they could get game day, et cetera. They're undefeated right now. Uh, you got to win these games at home. Iowa State is good, but they are not Oklahoma. They are not uh, Texas, et cetera. Like it's, and Kansas already beat Texas last year. I get that. But what I'm saying is as far as a talent advantage goes, I don't think Iowa State is that much more talented than Kansas. Just bottom line. 
So I think that one's big. And as far as the most to lose, I mean, give me Texas. They're playing West Virginia this week. You got Red River next week. If you're Texas, you've already lost to Alabama. You already lost on the road to Texas Tech. You lose at home to West Virginia right before Red River. Let's say you take a, a close loss here and a close loss in Red River. You're sitting at what? Two and four? At the halfway point? How does Steve Sarkeesian's bunch uh, deal with adversity here? That's what I'm curious about because that is, I mean, that's a tricky, tricky situation. Uh, who is the most likely 10-plus point underdog to win outright? So which double-digit dog is going to win outright this weekend? Who's got the best opportunity? And I got two games here. I think that you guys understand that I do, I do like UAB. But Rice is a 10-point underdog against UAB this weekend. And Rice has been feisty. They lost by seven to Houston. They beat Louisiana by double digits, even though they were nearly a two-touchdown dog to Louisiana. Uh, This team looks like they might have something going for them. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but Rice went into UAB not that long ago and won as, I mean, a 24, 25-point underdog. I mean, just won the game outright. It wouldn't shock me to see them get this win. Just saying. UAB could be overlooking them in this spot. We'll see. Uh, and then I put down Georgia Southern as a 10-point underdog against Coastal Carolina. There is a world where there's not a whole lot of weather in Conway, South Carolina, and Georgia Southern is able to open up that offense, and Kyle Van Trees is able to pass the ball around. If he's able to do that, that is the biggest weakness for Coastal Carolina's defense. It could get real tricky for Coastal. So 10 points, mm, I mean, might be willing to take a flyer on Georgia Southern on the money line just for the huge payday, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest a full unit or anything like that, but, you know, you put down some pizza money, basically. Uh, the G5 games of the week, I've, got, I've only got two of them here. San Jose State at Wyoming, I think, could get really, really interesting. It's going to be windy in Laramie, which, for you Cover 3 listeners, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, but Wyoming has been secretly not sucky since the first game of the season. Craig Bowl has really developed this team into something interesting, to say the least. And San Jose State turns out pretty good football team. Like, Brent Brennan is doing a big-time job there, again, just like he did in the COVID season. I mean, this is, these are two well-coached teams. So I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. And then we've got Sunday football. SMU at UCF. At G5 Game of the Week, Sunday football, while the NFL games are going on. I'm interested in this. UCF, three to three-and-a-half point favorite, depending on where you're looking, uh, which you should be looking at BetUS. But regardless, that one, with it being moved back a day, yeah, color me intrigued. Color me intrigued. I am not sure. Uh, I don't know what to think of that one. I really don't. We're going to talk about it in the uh, CFP Pick'em here in just a minute. But, yeah, that's uh, that's tricky. That's tricky. All right, coming up on the other side, college football against the spread Pick'em. We're going to be rolling quick. So hopefully you guys are paying attention. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures. And you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com, and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And now, back to the show. All right, college football week five, under the radar, against the spread, pick them. I do this every single week to hit on the games that we did not discuss on the BetUS College Football Show because there are a ton of people that ask a lot of questions about different games and whatnot. Now, I try and roll through these. I've been taking longer lately, uh, but I'm going to do a better job today. I'm going to roll through and give you just my thoughts on which way these games would lean one way or the other. So let's go ahead and start them off. I'm going to write my times down, and let's fire in. Game number one, Texas. Ah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. What I'm going to do is tell you, because a lot of people ask this every single week, uh, season record thus far on these picks, specifically on this segment of the show. I'm 26-22 and 22 against the number. Uh, last week, I went 7-5. and five. So, do with that what you will. Now, let's dive into it. Texas Tech at Kansas State. Both of these coming off monster wins last week. Let's go ahead and pull it up on the screen here. Uh, Kansas State, at the way that the numbers look, it says Kansas State minus 3.98 points. So, Kansas State by 4. Kansas State is hosting the game. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I think that Texas Tech, again, any game with Donovan Smith is going to be incredibly high variance, right? I believe that Kansas State is the better football team. Just overall, I think they are better at running the ball. Uh, Texas Tech's rushing defense has been pretty good, but I don't know that they have really faced something like what Kansas State is going to bring at them. Uh, as it sits on offense, you know, Texas Tech not great throwing the football, which is a little crazy. Uh, if, if Texas Tech is going to try and run the ball, which they haven't done a lot of, only rushing at a 38.91% clip there, uh, I look at this, I just think that Kansas State it can find a way to cover this number. I know it's more than a touchdown. It feels like it should be a lot tighter. The Texas Tech win over Texas, I feel like, was a bigger deal. Because Kansas State has beaten Oklahoma before, and they expect to do it. I don't know that Texas Tech expects to beat Kansas. Uh, excuse me, expects to beat Texas every time out. Uh, so give me Kansas State to cover the eight points there. Moving along, Michigan at Iowa. Tricky spot. Iowa is an eleven-point underdog at home in Kinnick Stadium. The total sits at forty-two on this. So let's go ahead and pull up the stats so we can show you what we're looking at. Now, these are raw stats as it sits right now. And as you can see on the screen, Michigan is a 28.95-point favorite as far as just raw stats thus far on the season. Now, obviously, this number is even adjusted, which is just insane to me. Um... (laughs) You look at the strength of schedule, and there's really not a big difference, right? Michigan is number 112 in strength of schedule. Iowa is number 96. That Iowa offense is awful, but they have found at least a little bit with uh, the wide receiver Keegan coming back. I I still don't believe that I trust them. J.J. McCarthy, with his first road game as a starter, being at Kinnick Stadium even in the 11 o'clock hour, is a little shaky to me. Um, But I saw this last year in the Big Ten title game. And I don't think that the Iowa offense has gotten better. Michigan isn't better than they were last year, but I don't think they're a whole lot worse. So when I look at this, I, I believe... I believe that I would expect Michigan to be able to cover here. 
I mean, it's 11 points. I know it's on the road. And I understand that uh, in this situation, of course, a low total with a double-digit spread, typically, you're going to be able to cover that if you're the dog. But I, I think Michigan bounces back after not looking very good last week. Uh, I will take Michigan to cover as the favorite here. I just, I, I don't, I don't trust Iowa with anything right now. Anything at all. Next game on the board, Michigan State heads to Maryland. And Maryland, I mean, the Fighting Terrapins are currently an eight and a half point favorite with a total of 60. Of course, latest line over at BetUS, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. Let's go and pull it up on the screen. Let's show you what we're working with. Uh, projected spread as far as opponent adjustments, etc. Maryland by 6.35. Now, Maryland did put up a really good showing against Michigan last week on the road. Now they get to come back home. Michigan State is reeling. I mean, they are very, very bad. Uh, you look at this defense here, and I got to tell you, uh, the fact that Maryland is better at running the football than they are passing the football has been very surprising to me. Uh, there's not much of an update as far as uh, Talia Tagovailoa uh, playing this week. They've got other issues as far as injuries go. Everybody is jumping off of the Michigan State bandwagon. But let me ask you a question. Um, what if, what if Washington and Minnesota are just really, really good? Right? I mean, that's uh, it seems like a weird question, I know. But that's the way that I'm kind of leaning on this. I think these numbers are skewed just a little bit because of how bad Michigan State looked against Minnesota. But I think Minnesota could be really good. I'm going to ride with Michigan State. I'm going to trust my numbers here. Uh, yeah, Maryland could absolutely win the game. But I'm going to take Michigan State to cover the 8.5. Uh, that number has just ballooned. And I just, I don't... I don't trust Maryland to beat anybody by eight, eight, eight and a half. I mean, just at all. Uh, so I will certainly, certainly take Michigan State to cover there. Northwestern at Penn State. That's the next one up. And, you know, Penn State being a 25-point favorite didn't expect it over another Big Ten team. I mean, unless it was Rutgers or whatever. But I just, I did not expect that right now. And yet, here we are. Um, you look at the raw numbers, Penn State, minus 22.96. Okay, uh, I, I've seen Northwestern do this in the past, where they just, they don't give a rip, right? And this has happened, I mean, this is a trend at this point. Go listen to the boys over at Westlot Pirates. Uh, it is a trend right now, where Northwestern is not good in the out-of-conference slate, and every other year, they do really, really well against conference opponents. Now, this is not somebody in the same division, and Penn State is really showcasing a lot of talent right now, especially they went down to Auburn, but they beat a, a bad Auburn team. They did beat a pretty good Purdue team on the road. Like this, Penn State looks like they could be all right. How interested is Penn State going to be in this game? Right? They got a big one coming up next week, um, or in two weeks, or whatever it is. Uh, actually, that is a good question now that I'm thinking about it. You know what? We're going to delay the show for just a second so that I can see. I think Penn State has a bye week next week. And if that is the case, I mean, all bets are off. They, they could end up, I mean, they could, they could steamroll Northwestern here to get ready for the bye week. But let's, uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, Penn State. Da, da, da. This is fantastic radio. I know it is. Uh, there we go. Schedule for them. They have got Northwestern. Ah, yes, a bye week and then at Michigan. I don't think that's going to change how I look at this. You know, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Give me Penn State. Give me Penn State. I'm going to change up my answer here. Penn State to cover the 25. They've got a bye week next week. Northwestern, just the coaching malfeasance that is going on in Evanston. Uh, there are going to be changes made after this year. And if there's not, there needs to be a federal investigation into Evanston, Illinois. I mean, just, just absurd what is happening there. I know they've got injuries on defense. I understand that. But what they are doing with those players, they are not putting them in a good position to be able to win. It is infuriating. And I don't trust them in this spot. So I will take Penn State to cover the 25 there. I've got a lot of favorites right now. Ugh. 
Virginia Tech and North Carolina. Moving right along here, North Carolina, a nine-point favorite, total of 53. Of course, latest numbers over at BetUS. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC network. Of course, North Carolina just got bludgeoned last week by Notre Dame, which is not something that I saw coming at all. Uh, I actually picked North Carolina. But here we are. You look at the raw numbers, it says North Carolina by 12.97. But look at that defense. Uh, We did see last week that North Carolina can be slowed down and pretty much anybody can put up points on North Carolina's defense. Notre Dame had been hapless on offense. Uh, While the numbers do say North Carolina by 12.97, I kind of trust Brent Pry to be able to find a way to slow down that North Carolina offense enough and for their offense to be able to make some kind of plays. So I I think that nine points is maybe a little too much here. I'm going to take Virginia Tech, even on the road, uh, to be able to stay within that number. I think this thing ends up pretty tight. Uh, I don't know that Virginia Tech has enough offense to be able to win, but I do think that they can cover that nine points. Um, I mean, they are... They're really good on defense. Really good on defense. Uh, You could maybe find a way to score with turnovers, etc. Right? Uh, Looking at the turnover margin. uh, Yeah, North Carolina... Number 104, uh, 1.7 giveaways per game, and they don't take the ball away at all. At all. So that's uh, that's interesting. Interesting to look at. All right. Um, so, yeah, give me give me Virginia Tech on that one, plus nine. Da-da-da, moving along, Wake Forest at Florida State. Let's see. Right down my time. Excuse me. Wake Forest at Florida State. This one, of course, uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. I mean, they just stacked that 3.30 window. Just stacked it. I mean, unbelievable. Going to pull it up on the screen here for you. Wake Forest, uh, of course, played incredibly well against Clemson last week. Uh, Their defense is a little bit better than what you would normally think of a Wake Forest defense being. Uh, But the offense, uh, not able to run the football at all. That is, as you can see here, that is Florida State's weakness on defense. Uh, As far as passing goes, I mean, Florida State's defense not great, but even what Wake Forest is doing on offense is nothing compared to what Florida State is doing on offense. Uh, Florida State's offense is surprisingly good. The number here is 7. I've got it at 5.87. Can Wake Forest get up off the mat and find a way to come back? I mean, they're they're playing the game in Tallahassee. Uh, there was questions of whether or not the hurricane was going to impact that. It doesn't look like it at this point. So, eh, I I think I'm going to ride with my numbers here. I think Wake Forest can keep this within a touchdown. I kind of trust them to keep this a close game, and and that's what Florida State does against good teams. They play close games. So I, I'll take I'll take Wake Forest in this spot. To keep it within the seven, uh, I don't know that I would like it at six and a half or anything like that. I mean, it, if you made me pick a side, I'd probably still go Wake Forest. I think Florida State just wins a really close game. Just a really close game. Uh, or Florida State. Yeah, Florida State wins a really close game. Good gracious. Losing my mind today. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Seminoles uh, to win, but Wake Forest to cover. Wake Forest plus the seven here. All right, moving right along, we got a few more games to hit. And we will start off with this one here. Troy at Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky is a five-point favorite with a total of 54.5 over at BetUS. Now, pulling up the numbers here. uh, Do not trust that projected total. I'm figuring out why this one was so weird. It says Troy by 12, and yet Western Kentucky is a five-point favorite. If you take out the FCS game, uh, if you take out like all this other stuff, Troy has actually looked really good this year. Uh, their offense looks good, and their defense looks good. The offense can actually throw the ball around. Uh, Western Kentucky's defense has been surprisingly good against the pass, etc. Um, I I don't know what to make of this. Really? I will take Troy here because the numbers are so skewed. Uh, but I I don't feel great about this one way or the other, right? I mean, CUSA, Sunbelt game, 
etc. Like, I don't feel great about it. If you want my official plays, obviously go over to the Bet U.S. College Football Show. That's where I give out the official plays. But on this one, I mean, I'll take Troy. I think that their defense travels. I think that they can play uh, with Western Kentucky. I think they've got more talent, like a lot more talent than Western Kentucky. Uh, but I think Western Kentucky, like I might have undersold them for this season. I took an under eight and a half on them. I don't know that I'm going to win that. Uh, they they are surprisingly competent this year after losing so much of what they did last year. Uh, but I'll still take Troy here. I, I like Troy plus the five, even on the road. So next game up, I think we got five more to hit. So let's make sure that we are moving this thing. Georgia at Missouri. And Missouri at home is a 29-point underdog latest line over at BetUS. And let's pull it up on the sheet. That's right. The sheet has Georgia by 32 and a half. Yikes. Uh, there's not a number that you can find that Missouri does better than what Georgia does. Uh, Missouri's defense, surprisingly adequate. But they ain't played anybody like Georgia. It's not even close. The, the closest that they had as far as a ground game or an offensive line that's competent was against Kansas State, and they got steamrolled. I, I don't care what they did against Auburn last week because that is a bad, bad football team. I, I don't think that this defense can can keep Missouri in this game. At the same time, I mean, Georgia... I, I mean, what, what do we do with Georgia? Like, I, I just... I, Looking at what they've got coming next week, I just don't think that there's any any reason for them to hold back here. And they looked awful last week. I now they got Auburn next week. I mean, it's a rivalry game. It's not a look ahead spot. Uh, as bad as they looked last week, they might come out and steamroll these guys the same way they did Oregon. That's what I'm going to lean towards. Uh, I think we said on the show, betting on Georgia or Missouri in this spot is like betting on penny stocks. Like, it's, you're just tossing your money in and hoping for something. There's no there's no value in actually predicting this when a spread is that high. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take Georgia minus the 29, I guess, uh, in these. Like, they, again, there's no real reasoning and there's no uh, skill involved in this. When you get to a number that's that high, uh, I mean, you're just you're trying to play psychology at that point. So it doesn't make any sense. Regardless, I'll take Georgia to cover the 29 because why would you ever bet on Missouri? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We got four more to hit. So let's move it along here. Uh, da, 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 da. And we're moving to West Virginia versus Texas. Interesting spot. Texas, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite the week before Red River. Uh, total of 63. It's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. And why don't we go on and pull up the sheet here so that you can see what we're looking at. Uh, Texas, again, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I've got them by 12.03. Uh, West Virginia's defense is not great. Uh, they're, they're decently stout against the run. Uh, number 28 in stuff rate. Uh, if you look at that, as far as uh, West Virginia's defense goes, the offense, uh, West Virginia's offense, pretty good uh, as far as running the football. But Texas's defense, again, pretty stout against the run. Uh, number 39 in offensive line yards. They're number 23 in PPA per rush. Only number 81 in stuff rate. And West Virginia's offensive line is number 30 in stuff rate allowed. So that's something to uh, keep an eye on here. Um all these player-only meetings and whatnot that Texas has been doing this week, does it mean anything? Does the game mean anything for them uh, heading into next week? That's what I'm curious about. Because I... I am concerned that they may not care about this West Virginia game, but after losing to Texas Tech last week, it, that might have gotten their attention. That's, that's what I'm going with. I'm going to take Texas here to cover because I think that the way that they played last week gets their attention for this week. Heading into the... You can't go into the Oklahoma game with three losses. You just can't do it. So, so yeah. I think they'll cover. Um, I mean, it's under 10. You've got the hook here. Yeah, I'll take it. 
I will take it. Give me the Longhorns to cover nine and a half. Next up on the board, we have got USC hosting Arizona State. The Trojans a 25-point favorite here. Uh, This one's interesting. If for no other reason than the fact that the spread is 25, the total is 60. It's 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, and we're going to pull it up on the screen. Uh, My numbers, just raw numbers, have USC by 33.67 here, and that's with a projected total of 48.37. I've got Arizona State scoring a little more than a touchdown in this game. That always is concerning to me. I will say that. When you get a spread this big uh, in a conference game with a team that has already fired their coach, you really have no idea what version of that team is going to show up. Arizona State does still have talent. Uh, if you look at the roster strength uh, that's based on, here we go, number 42. 42 roster strength in the country. Uh, USC is number 7. So yeah, there's a big difference. But the difference between you know, number one and number seven is about the same as number seven and number 42. So, I, while I do know that USC is more talented, etc., Arizona State could find a way to show up in this game. And, of course, USC just survived a game last week um, on the road. They're coming back home where they feel comfortable against a team that's already fired the coach, etc. Uh, you got all these different things that... You know, you could maybe find a reason uh, for them to fall asleep a a little bit. It's a late game. There's any number of reasons why USC would not cover in this game. They've got Washington State next week, and then they play at Utah the week after that. Arizona State is just a week-in, week-out thing. I'm going to ride USC because it would make zero sense to wager on Arizona State. Again, if you want my best picks, go over to uh, the BetUS College Football Show. But if I have to pick a side, you can't bet on Arizona State. It's either USC or a stay away. So, yeah. Again, you're trying to play psychologist. And it's just not a smart bet. But I'll take the Trojans. Cover the 25 here. Uh, Next on the board, and we got two more, Stanford heads to Oregon. Uh, Going to take that off here. Try it again. Stanford heads to Oregon, 11 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. Oregon, a 17-point favorite, total of 64 over at BetUS. And let's look. Let's look at what the numbers are giving us. Uh, This is going to be an interesting, interesting spot. Uh, Swap it up there. I've got Oregon by 16.74. And with the spread actually being 17, that makes it even more crazy. Um, I I got to tell you, I don't like Stanford right now. EJ Smith being out, like at my numbers are raw. They don't have the fact that EJ Smith is out. Uh, the running back last week at Washington did not impress me all that much. I wonder how much is still left in the tank for Stanford, even this early in the season. Oregon seems to have found some things. They are clicking. We know that Bo Nix is awesome at home. Yes, we know it's a late game. This thing, I mean, my projected score is somewhere around 34 to 17. I think it's going to be worse. I think it'll be almost exactly what it was last week with Washington. Yeah, give me Oregon. Man, I'm going so many favorites this week. So many favorites. Ugh. Just disgusting. Uh, But when you look at at how to break this thing down, yeah, I mean, there's advantages for Oregon everywhere. I mean, you're looking at, uh, I just, I I can't, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I will take Oregon to cover the 17. I will do that. Unbelievable. All right, last game on the board here. Uh, Nickelodeon. Last one up, SMU at UCF. UCF is a three-point favorite. This one, of course, is on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's on the ESPN family of networks. We don't know which one yet, at least not at the time that I'm recording this. Uh, 64.5 is the total, of course, the latest numbers over at BetUS. And let's pull it up. 
Let's see what we're looking at. I'm going to take SMU to cover. I think SMU is the better football team. I don't trust UCF's offense. I don't trust UCF's defense. I do think that they have got really good players, but I know that SMU is incredibly talented as well. I understand all the stuff that's going on around Florida right now. How can you go against the home team, Gary? Well, let me tell you, Bob, uh, SMU is just better overall. Uh, on defense, on offense, on everything. Like in, in that SMU defense is nothing to write home about. But I trust them to be able to throw the football against UCF's defense. I think they're going to be able to put up points. So I think that they're going to win the game outright, and I'm getting three. So I'm going to take SMU. SMU plus three at UCF is the way that I'm rolling on this. I may end up actually putting a little bit of pizza money on it. You guys might want to check with me on Twitter before that, but regardless. Uh, yeah, I like I like SMU to cover the three. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. That is the way. Not going to do a recap. You guys can go back and watch each pick as you want to. Uh, or you can go over to winningcureseverything.com slash picks and check them out afterwards. I believe I should have them up by Friday morning uh, as I just went through them and gave them out right now. It's been a busy week. Busy, busy week here. So, with that said, we're going to go on and get out of here. Go and check out BetUS. They power the show each and every time out. BetUS.com. Um, lots, lots of stuff to find over there. BetUSTV.com as well. The college football show, etc. Along with that, make sure that you enter in the picks contest over at winningcureseverything.com. You can click on the contest page right there, or very easy, there's a link in the description. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, with that said, we're going to get out of here. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Subscribe to the show. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show.